This podcast is brought to you by the Maryland State Library Agency. The MSLA podcast features presenters from statewide youth programs, as well as learning opportunities for library staff and resources for patrons of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled. Good morning, everyone. This is a presentation of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled Technology User Group. For more information about the Technology User Group, please visit our website, lbph.maryland.gov. That's L-B as in boy, P as in Paul, h.maryland.gov. If you need to reach me, my name is Jerry Price. I am the Assistive Technology Education Program Coordinator at the library, and you can certainly call me anytime at 410-230-2446. Whether you are interested in finding more information about particular technologies or need some um, training on uh, JAWS and voiceover and all that kind of stuff, that is doable as long as you're a patron of the library. We're very fortunate to have with us today the Maryland Department of Technology Assistance Program. And uh, sorry, I'm slaughtering that, Lori. But uh, anyway, we'll, I'll have Lori tell you all about it, and uh, I'll shut up for now. So here is Lori. All right. Well, thank you. Um, yes, we are the Maryland Assistive Technology Program. Sometimes we're referred to as MDTAP. So you guys might know us by that acronym, but we are the Assistive Technology Program for the state of Maryland, and we are housed under the Department of Disabilities. So I can't really get a show of hands here, but I'm going to guess that a fair number of you folks on the phone are familiar with our program to some degree, but there's been a lot of um, activities, lots of services and programs that we've launched over the past couple of years, so I appreciate the opportunity to be here and sort of talk about that um, and the work that we've been doing. Um, so a little bit about me really quickly. I'm Lori. I've been with the Maryland AT program for over 20 years. So I've been here for a while. Um, and so I've had a lot of opportunity to sort of, you know, understand how assistive technology works, its impact, and see it evolve. 20 years is kind of a long time when it comes to technology, and a lot has changed over the past few years. So we as Maryland TAP are the statewide AT program, and every state and U.S. territory has an assistive technology program. Um, and there are some core activities that are consistent in every AT program across the country. So no matter where you go, um, you will find that one of these AT programs that you connect with will have some core services that are the same. And what that includes is equipment demonstrations, equipment loans, usually some components around reuse. So that would be the program takes in equipment and uh, provides it back out for free, and usually some form of financing. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what that is from our end and what we have to offer. Um, but I'm going to guess most of you are familiar with assistive technology. Uh, and, you know, AT is a really broad spectrum of things. It can be an app on your phone that's an OCR reader. It can be a screen reader. It can be a reacher. 
It can be uh, something you put on a doorknob to more easily open doors. You can't sort of twist that standard knob. All sorts of things that qualify as assistive technology. And in our program, we try to make sure that we have a huge variety of devices to serve all types of disabilities. Um, and I should mention, we do provide services to all disabilities and all age ranges. So there is not any type of qualification process that somebody needs to go through to, to come to our program. And regardless of what the disability is, or if there's multiple disabilities, we will certainly sit down and take the time to sort of go through the process and help somebody figure out what they need. So what specifically do we do in Maryland? I'm sure many of you are familiar with us. We know that we provide assistive technology demonstrations, we provide consultations, and then we can loan out equipment um, for up to four weeks at a time. So I kind of frame it like the public library for books. We are the public library for assistive technology. Uh, so we always encourage folks to reach out to us. And so we're doing demonstrations and we're also doing consultations. So usually that first connection to our program is what we're calling a consultation. That's when someone comes to us and they say, I'm having trouble doing X, Y, and Z. And then we have one of our AT clinicians on staff connect with that person and really sort of figure out like, what are you trying to do? What have you had trouble with in the past? Have you ever used assistive technology? And from there, we kind of cultivate a few items that we think might be helpful. And then we'll demonstrate those items to an individual. And then that person has the choice as to whether or not they want to borrow the equipment to take it home. They can try it at the home, they can try it at work, they can try it at school, wherever they're gonna use the equipment. We want them to have it with them so they have that real hands-on experience. We provide these demonstrations and consultations both in person and virtually. So whatever works best for the individual, whatever they're most comfortable with. And then we provide these loans. Um, certainly folks can come to our office to pick up the equipment. But if that doesn't work, we can ship the equipment out to individuals. Uh, we include postage paid um, labels so that it can come back to us. But we want to make sure the process is as simple and as accessible as possible. So we do the demonstrations, the consultations, the device loans. We host a lot of assistive technology training. So we have two coming up, one in January, one in February. Our January training is focused on building an accessible classroom. And we're doing that in partnership with the NFB. So it's really focused on ensuring that the classroom tools that are used oftentimes virtually, like the learning platforms are accessible to students and to teachers and to parents. Outside of that, we, um, we do, you know, individual trainings, you know, not in partnership, but this one on January is in partnership with the NFA. And then in February, we're doing a session on assistive technology to support long COVID symptoms. So for folks who are experiencing those sort of long COVID situations, maybe memory loss, brain fog, um, muscle weakness, we're going to focus on assistive technology that can sort of address and help support somebody who's experiencing that. And then we host a number of tech events throughout the year. Um, 
some of our most popular are our accessible gaming days. So we have some accessible gaming equipment that is in our library. And I talk, I mean, when I talk about gaming, I mean like video games. Um, and so we have a pretty robust uh, setup with different consoles and controllers and switches, all kinds of different games for a huge variety of disabilities. And we host these accessible gaming days that bring together individuals who might need those adaptations and individuals who don't. Um, so it becomes sort of an inclusive gaming experience. And we host those throughout the state. We hosted two last year. We'll probably host another two to three this year. We also have uh, accessible gaming kits that we loan out to different organizations. So if someone wants to host an accessible gaming event on their own, we have a kit, two kits, um, that are fully set up with consoles, TVs, again, controllers, switches, all that good stuff. So there's all sorts of things out there that we're trying to do to be in the community and make sure that people have access to assistive technology. Now, if you visit our website, you'll find a lot of different resources and links there. Um, we have what we call our interactive AT access map. So that's a map where you can, um, it's a GIS accessible map and you can find different organizations and programs throughout the state that might have, you know, small assistive technology libraries or um, AT kits on site so that you can reach out to them if you're interested in accessing something. We also have links to a lot of the equipment in our Central Baltimore Library so that folks can sort of browse um, from the website just to get a sense of what's in the library. It's not comprehensive of everything, but it is a pretty good glimpse into what is available in our Baltimore space. And then we also have a home modifications directory. So for someone who might be looking at how to make their home more accessible. The directory includes contacts for organizations that can come out and do assessments of the property, provide recommendations, funding resources, contractors, um, different ways to sort of take advantage of tax incentives. There's all sorts of information in that home odds directory. And then I mentioned um, the library. So we have in our main office in Baltimore, the most robust of our nine libraries. So we have our assistive technology library right in Baltimore on Argonne Drive. It's housed in the Workforce and Technology Center. That library has a couple thousand devices and everything in the library is equipment that is currently available on the market. So we will never have old stuff that people can't access anymore. Our intent is to make sure it is always up to date with some of the newest equipment available. And folks can come in, try things out, borrow them. We also have libraries in eight other locations across the state. They're less robust than our Baltimore library, but they are pretty comprehensive in that they do have a broad range of equipment to provide um, to folks for demonstrations, provide for loans. Uh, and those are housed all over the state. So in most of the centers for independent living, there is at least a small and robust assistive technology library. We also have another library in the Howard County Loan Closet, 
and we have one in the Arc of Northern Chesapeake. So geographically, there are libraries all over the state. The one area that is an exception right now is the Eastern Shore. So we have not been able to solidify a new contract on the Eastern Shore for an AT library, but we do still serve folks on the shore. So if somebody needs equipment, we can sort of meet over the bridge somewhere. We can also ship equipment out. We can provide our services virtually. So we're still able to provide the services that are needed. We just don't have a physical space where someone can go in and sort of see a, a bigger variety of devices. On our YouTube channel, we have a lot of videos. Um, and when I do this presentation um, using a slide deck, typically I stop and I show some different quick videos that we have. So one of them is called AT Plain and Simple. And that's really just this like two minute video on what is assistive technology and how is it used. And then I also show a video on, um, we call it our commercial, but it really is about how someone utilizes MDTAP, how they get access to the demonstrations, to the loans, to all of our other services and the impact that that has. Um, and then we also have a tour of our Central Baltimore Library. It is a short seven-minute video, um, but it does take folks through and give a pretty good sense of what's in our library. And so I'll kind of describe it um, because I think it's important. But when folks come into our library in Baltimore, you'll find that there are different areas of stations that are set up. So the first area is really focused on smart home technology. So we have lights and fans and a stove and um, you know other systems set up to demonstrate how you can use smart home technology to build independence in the home, how to turn on your stove with Alexa, how to turn on your microwave with Alexa, all that good stuff. And then we have what we call our aids for daily living and that's things like reachers and um, grabbers and adapted door handles and um, kitchen aids. So it's a really interesting and creative setup on, you know, all the different things that somebody might have at their in their home to build some independence based on whatever their needs are. And then from there, we have a section on um, alerting devices for folks who are deaf and hard of hearing. So there's a whole station set up on different types of alerting systems. We have memory and cognition aids to so things like smart pens um, and recorders and lots of different eye devices with apps to help folks with task sequencing. And then we move over to our section on um, magnifiers. So we have those sort of traditional magnifiers, and then we have the fancier, more high-tech, more expensive um, handheld magnifiers, and then desktop magnifiers and CCTVs. And then we have a whole section for Braille note takers, which is a, another robust area. We have our accessible gaming station. We have our adapted computer station. So that's where we demonstrate and have set up all types of different keyboards, all different types of computer mice. Um, it's very, very broad in what we have available. And then we have a station set up for switches and then switch adapted toys. So for the little kids that um, need to be able to interact in, in a different way with their toys, um, we have all kinds of switch adapted toys 
for the little ones. And then we have a large variety of communication devices from low tech to high tech. So for folks who are nonverbal, um, you can kind of explore all of those different options. And then we have some high tech eye gaze system technology set up on different computers. So for folks who are not able to use their hands or may have limited head movements so or something like a head mouth might not work. Uh, we have some eye gaze technology set up to demonstrate. So that's sort of how we walk through our library. And that seven-minute video does a really good job of sort of explaining and showing some of the main, most popular devices in our library. Some of the services that we provide to our program. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about our reuse services. So when I talk about reuse, it's really about equipment that folks don't need anymore, don't want anymore. Um, and then where does that go? What, what happens with it? So first we have a Facebook um, page. It's the Maryland Assistive Technology Exchange. And it, it's run on Facebook. If you're familiar with like Facebook Marketplace, it's sort of similar to that. So it is a page where people all over the state can post device, devices, um, durable medical equipment, medical supplies, things they are either getting rid of or selling or looking for. So there are have been all kinds of things on this site that have been exchanged. Um, but it really is sort of consumer to consumer. So we monitor the site. We, you know, try to check in with people that have things posted. But we are not necessarily facilitating those exchanges. But you can go to that Facebook page and you can see and find things like adapted vehicles, chairlifts, shower chairs, lots of different unopened medical supplies that people are getting rid of. So you can kind of go there and browse and find things or ask if anybody has anything that they are looking to get rid of. So it's kind of a, a consumer to consumer platform that we offer for folks. Now, another thing that we have that is we're really, really very excited about is our high-tech AT reuse center. So we are one of the few states in the country that has a dedicated space and program for assistive technology donations. A lot of times um, states have many, many different programs focused on durable medical equipment reuse. So if somebody's getting rid of a wheelchair or a hospital bed, um, things like that, they can go to a program, the program refurbishes it and provides it back out. What we do is we work in partnership with other programs that do that, but we also have through our program, the high-tech AT reuse. So that's where we're taking in devices like Braille note takers. We just got a huge supply of them from the NFB. Um, amplified phones, uh, computers, iPads, um, video magnifiers, augmentative communication devices, what we call AAC. We take these in when folks no longer need them or want them. We do some clearing, we do some cleaning, we do some repair when it needs to be repaired. We have a team of volunteers to help us with that. And then we make it available to individuals for free. So if they cannot afford to buy the equipment, they can come to our reuse program and they'll work with one of our AT clinicians and she will make sure that whatever equipment we have available will meet that person's needs first and then provide some training and guidance on how to use it. 
And then the caveat is that we would like for them to return it when they no longer need it. So if somebody gets a device, we don't have any expectation for it to come back in any time frame. But when they no longer need it, we ask that they do donate it back to us so that we can either strip it for parts or refurb it again and provide it back out again. So that is our high-tech AT reuse center. And that is actually run in Howard County at the Howard County Loan Closet. We have a staff member from our program that facilitates it, that runs the program, but all of the equipment comes in through the Howard County Loan Closet. So we have access to all of the sanitation hubs and all of that good stuff. So that is one of the programs that is taking off. Um, we actually had originally launched it and had the ribbon cutting um, ceremony for it in January of 2020. And then everything shut down pretty quickly afterwards. So it's only been, you know, kind of stepping up. We've been getting more donations, getting more equipment out into the community over the past year. We do have a website where you can search online for that inventory to see what's there. I think right now we have almost 200 devices listed. Um, but certainly you can always check out our inventory and see what's available. And then we do work in partnership with other reuse programs. So if you're not familiar with the Department of Aging's reuse program, that is focused on durable medical equipment, but it is statewide and it's for people of all ages and all disabilities. And they have a gigantic warehouse in Prince George's County where they take in and sanitize durable medical equipment. So again, that's the stuff like wheelchairs from, you know, manual to electric to very high-tech um, devices or high-tech wheelchairs. They take in stair lifts and all kinds of things there. Um, so they are an excellent program and we do work in partnership with them. So when folks apply for equipment through the Department of Aging reuse program, there is a checkbox on that application that says, I am interested in AT, I would like to use AT, and then we connect with them as well. And then we also partner with two pediatric programs that provide pediatric um, durable medical equipment as well. So Lollipop Kids and Equipment Connections. And then through our program, we also have a financing. We run a financing program. So we run the Assistive Technology Financial Loan Program. And this is where we are providing financial loans to individuals to purchase AT. And AT can kind of be a pretty big spectrum when it comes to our financial loan program. It can be um, some standard assistive technology, computers, smart home technology, stuff like that. It can be magnifiers, braille note takers, but then we also include vehicles, adapted vehicles, home modifications. So folks can apply through our financial loan program to purchase equipment that they might need. Our interest rates right now are at 3%, pretty good given current rates. And folks can borrow anywhere from $500 to $70,000, depending on what the equipment is that they're looking to purchase. Um, so certainly, you know, if someone's interested, we'll walk them through those, you know, through the process and how it works. Um, but the financial loan program is pretty easy to use. Once the application is submitted, it takes one to two weeks to go through the review process and get a decision. And then if the person is approved, 
they're able to close their loan directly with the bank with, you know, our coordination. Um, so it's a pretty simple process. Um, we did just launch a sub program under the loan program, which is really around financing adapted vehicles and that's called iDrive Maryland. But really you can apply for all sorts of things through this, through our financial loan program. And it, it runs the gamut. I mean, you can get wheelchairs, braille equipment, hearing aids, um, again, computers, recreational assistive technology. So if you want to buy some adaptive gaming kits or, or gaming equipment um, or an adaptive bike or something like that, you can certainly apply to our program. We really are pretty flexible on what's considered assistive technology. And we do have, if you're interested, you can go to the MVTAP org website and there is a link for the AT financial loan program and on when it takes you to that page there are links to our applications you can apply online securely or you can download and complete a fully accessible fillable application and send it in um, and there's tons of information on that page about the program itself and what qualifies um, so I certainly encourage folks to do that if interested and then we also partner with another program called AT Discount Sales and Services. So AT Discount Sales is a program across the state that negotiates discounted prices on assistive technology. They work with the different vendors. They negotiate these discounted rates. And usually that's applied so that school systems or state agencies can do some bulk purchasing and get discounted rates for that AT but they also pass those discounts on to individuals. So whenever someone comes to our program and indicates that they're interested in buying equipment of any sort, we will send them to AT Discount Sales to see if there is a negotiated discount on that equipment first before they make any purchases um, because we wanna make sure that folks are getting the best rates possible when it comes to their equipment. We also partner, we have a sister program called Maryland Accessible Telecommunications, otherwise known as MAT. And sometimes this is where it gets confusing because we're TAP, they're MAT, we're both under the Department of Disabilities. But MAT, Maryland Accessible Telecommunications, actually is um, a really incredible program focused on providing assessments for folks who need telephones or adapted telephones. And this is both landline and cell phones that they provide. Um, so they'll come in and do evaluations um, with the individual to determine, you know, what type of phone does this person need? The program will purchase and then install the equipment. Um, and it is not just the folks who are deaf or hard of hearing, because usually that's, um, that's the thought process is, set up for folks who are deaf and hard of hearing. Um, certainly it does support folks with hearing loss, but it also applies to folks with vision loss, physical disabilities, and intellectual and developmental disabilities. So they provide even iPads um, based on whatever that person's need is for telecommunications access. There are some qualification parameters for the MAT program. Um, but they are broad. So I often encourage folks to check them out if there is any potential need for a um, for any type of adaptive telephone. And you know those adaptations can be kind of minimal. It can be a simplified telephone even. 
Um, so it doesn't have to be anything extensive, but MATS is a fantastic program. Um, if you have a cell phone, you help pay for it for the MAT program. Um, so we certainly encourage people to take advantage of it because they are an excellent program. And we're, you know, we have a, a charge on our cell phone bills in Maryland that helps us fund this program every, every month. We also, through Maryland TAP, run a portable ramp program. So what we do is we've partnered with the Centers for Independent Living across the state, and we've provided a wide variety of portable ramps. Um, and they house them at these centers. And when somebody is in need of a portable ramp, maybe they're just getting out of a nursing facility or they are have just had surgery and need to be able to get in and out of their house using a wheelchair, they can connect with the center with the Center for Independent Living in their neighborhood, in their community, and then see if there is a portable ramp that will meet their needs. So this portable ramp program, we, we collaborate with the SILs to provide these portable ramp loans, typically up to four months at a time. And then once that individual or that family is borrowing the ramp, we are going to work with them more closely to see if there are other longer term needs. You know, do they need a permanent structure? Do they need something else that might help them? Um, if it is something like funding that they might need, we're going to provide that sort of information and guidance. And we do that in partnership with the Center for Independent Living so that, that family, that individual is really getting their local community um, services that are available to them. We also provide a lot of information on other funding resources. So through our program, um, we're providing those demonstrations or providing the um, opportunities for folks to borrow the equipment from our library. And we do offer them the financial loan program, but we don't sell assistive technology. We don't sell any equipment through our program. Um, but a lot of times when folks come to us and they find something that works, we want to make sure that we're guiding them so that they can get the best price and be able to get that equipment um, without having to put out a whole lot of money. Assistive technology is not typically covered through insurance. Um, so it often becomes sort of a process in which we help them piece together ways to fund it. And so part of that is making referrals to the SILs, those Centers for Independent Living, because each SIL has a small AP funding grant program. Um, and then we also help folks navigate larger, more complex systems like waivers or, be, you know, put their names in for eligibility and lottery programs like the low intensity support services funding. So we want to help individuals sort of piece together all the different ways that they can provide all the different ways that they can apply to get funding for the equipment that they need. And that is sort of the gist of what we have at Maryland TAP. You can find all sorts of information about our program online. So we have a blog where we're posting, you know, information about statewide events, national events, new devices that are on the market, um, sometimes we do equipment reviews there. So the blog has a lot of assistive technology and disability-related information. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. And then we also have our YouTube channel, which includes 
some of the videos that I mentioned earlier, but it also includes all of our um, webinars that we've done over the past few years. So you can browse it and see some of the webinars that we've hosted. Um, we have a lot of uh, webinars on there that we hosted in partnership with the Maryland Cash Campaign because every October we host a financial resiliency webinar series. It's usually about 12 to 16 unique sessions on, um, you know, building financial stability and um, awareness for people with disabilities. And so we have lots and lots of topics there about, you know, how to um, afford buying a house, how to, how to, you know, address credit issues. I mean, it runs the gamut, how to plan for your finances to the lifetime and all kinds of stuff. So we have a lot of those webinars on there as well. So certainly if you're interested in anything in particular, you can always reach out to us and we can guide you and show you, um, send you links to some of the specific webinars that are on our YouTube channel. Um, but that is where you can find lots of information about our program as well. And so with that, I'm happy to open it up and answer any questions that you guys might have. So if you have any questions for Laura, you can star six and ask your question. And Hi, uh, this you, is Laura. great. You have really expanded your services. Um, a number of years ago, you um, somebody, I don't know if it was you, I think it was a guy though, so I think it was someone else, um, gave a, a, um, a presentation at our um, Social Security office that I was at at, at the time. Think it was back in Baltimore, Maryland, and in, in downtown when we were downtown at the Teleservice Center. So it was about 15 years ago or something. Um, <laughs> it's been a while, uh, and it is you, your services have really expanded. It's really fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Good morning. This is Marguerite. I have a question. Curious if someone with a disability owns a vehicle and um, they need to get repaired. Could they apply? So I think I think we could. Um, I'd want to connect with the financial loan program director because, you know, there are certain parameters around that, but that would probably be considered an unsecured loan. And I know we have done some vehicle repairs in the past. I don't think any anything has really changed around the allowances for that. So I believe okay. that is the case. I believe mm -hmm. we could, um, but I would want to double check with the director of the financial loan program to confirm that. And along those same lines, if someone has already purchased a vehicle and they have a disability um, and they want to refinance it mm -hmm. for a better rate, could they do that? Yes, they absolutely can. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed your presentation. Great information. Oh, good. Good. Thank you. Lori, you provided a lot of great information today. You said you have a um, PowerPoint presentation that you can give Jerry that he can share with us? Yes, I can send it to Jerry because it is chock full of links, <laughs> like all kinds of links to different parts of our services and ways to apply for things. So yeah, I can send that over to him. Thank you, thank you very much. And mm -hmm. has that been made accessible, the PowerPoint presentation? Yeah. Okay, because some of us are blind, a lot of us are blind. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Any other questions for Lori? Um, Debbie Brown, I have a question. Go right ahead. Um, yes, there. Uh, once in a while, there is a piece of technology that's called accessible, and it. Some of us blind people have tr trouble with it. I mean, there's technology as a blind person. Somebody will ask me, and I won't recommend it to people because it. I don't think it does. I mean, you have to be careful about that because you're state funded and you can't just badmouth somebody. But how skilled do you feel or do you know somebody that is skilled enough to say this person, you know, here's what we need to know. If you want this piece of technology, here's its strengths, here's its weaknesses. Um, how and if, if companies once in a while, I think they're completely crooked. Um, that usually it's just that I don't like their product. But how comfortable, how careful do you feel in recommending something that somebody wants to tell them about what are the strengths and weaknesses of particular pieces of say a braille display or a um a phone or something how do you how i mean you don't do it you know as much phones it would be mad more but how do you how comfortable do you feel in doing that and and do you do that so our at clinicians do do that in the sense that you know when they're meeting with somebody to evaluate or you know provide a demonstration of certain types of equipment. That's one of the things that we do is we sit down and say, here's what works really well with this. Here might be some of the challenges with it because devices are, you know, even if they're meeting a similar need, they're created differently. So there's gonna be things that work better than other things. And then it's up to the consumer to decide what they want to try out. Um, and that's the really pivotal part of the, the demonstration and then the borrowing of the equipment, because it's really up to the consumer then at that point, say, okay, I'm going to try this and see if it works for me. And then if it doesn't come back and try something else. Um, so it's our clinicians will sit down and go over like all of the different features of the equipment um, and be pretty forthright with like, hey, we know that this one feature is, can be problematic for some individuals, or this one, this one thing works really great, but something else doesn't work so well. Um, and that's part of our process, too. We're never promoting one device over another. We can't. Um, but we're going to give a pretty good overview of the, you know, the pros and cons of each of the items so that somebody can make that educated decision. You know, that's, that's good, but, you know, the thing is, you have a wide variety. You have Braille displays, you have, you know, certain access technology for people who have trouble using their hands or, you know, and such mm -hmm. things, and that's a wide range, and, you know, how skilled how skilled is your staff in all of that? Why I, Access technology is pretty wide range, and I can't imagine somebody having all the knowledge that it takes to do this very well, mm -hmm. and I admire you for even trying, but how how do you... Do you feel, how, how do you feel, do you, there, there are areas that you have strengths and weaknesses and is there something that can be done to, you know, you, I'm sure you look at websites and you look at everything when you do this and how, how do you, um, you know, how, how are there areas of weakness that, you know, you would say, I think you need to check with somebody else about this one? Yeah, I mean, if we don't feel comfortable about a certain device, we may send somebody to the vendor themselves to try it out. So our staff on staff, we have two AT clinicians. Um, one is an ATP, so an assistive technology professional, and she's also a special educator by trade. And then our other um, AT clinician is an occupational therapist. So pretty, pretty versed in a wide variety of understanding multiple disabilities, understanding multiple 
um, ways to apply devices to support, you know, individuals with multiple needs and set them up with different devices, just based on their schooling and education alone and their experience. Then we also have on our staff an IT accessibility um, staff person. We did have two, but one person just transitioned to another agency. Um, but we have the IT access team, um, even though it is just a, one person at the moment. Um, and that individual is an expert in IT accessibility. So that's where we, we're doing more interagency work with that person focused on supporting state agencies to make sure their sites are accessible, their information that they're putting out is accessible. Um, so if we have questions about accessible, like IT accessibility, we'll lean on that person if we don't have an answer. Um, but when it comes to the actual sort of hands-on meeting with consumers, um, gauging sort of, you know, what are, what are the needs? What is the, um, what's the person trying to accomplish? What have they had trouble with accomplishing in the past? Our two AC clinicians are pretty well versed in sort of supporting somebody with, you know, figuring things out. We also are part of a national coalition of assistive technology programs. So if there's ever a challenge or a need that we just feel like we don't know how to address this or, you know, we're not sure what's going to work best for this person, then we queue up and ask the other AT clinicians in other states, have they ever experienced or um, made recommendations for equipment based on these certain, you know, need sets. And then um, we, you know, sort of lean on other experts as well. And also the fact that you let people borrow equipment and try it out is very useful. So somebody might discover, oh, this doesn't work for me. Do you have something else similar that I could try? And then they could try something else before they actually make a purchase. I think that's what's very useful, you know, because a lot of places, you know, if you go to a, a vendor, they don't let you borrow stuff. you got to buy it right away. Right, exactly. So I think that that is one really major plus that you have that helps people make those decisions. So they can try something for a month and see if you know if if it works for them or, or you know before they actually buy it in the marketplace. Right, exactly, and that's the whole idea behind it is you know being able to try things out first before any money is invested, whether it's personal funds, whether it's program funds. We want folks to figure out what's going to work for them first. Well, Lori, I definitely want to thank you for coming out this morning. Uh, got another question. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, it, this is Marguerite. Uh, this is a really quick question. Um, somebody called in earlier, and they were saying they were having a hard time with the iPhone doing the rotary movement that you need to do to, to make a certain selection, like if you want to read something by characters or words, or if you want to select a link, would um, people be able to come and, and get a session to help them with their iPhone or any other um, device? So that's always tricky because we, our focus is generally providing support for the equipment that's in our library, not to sort of general user access. Um, mm -hmm. But we have done consultations where we're just like, okay, you're having issues with using your 
phone, let us kind of walk you through a little bit. We can invest as much time um, as, you know, we can when we're trying to get somebody set up with some other devices from the library specifically. But we have been able to provide guidance. Um, and we'll also loop in other groups. Like we've done some work with the NFC on iPhone accessibility. So that's when we may loop them in too or lean on some of our partners that have done this more. Um, and that's more of a focus for them. Thank you. Or they can ask me, or they can ask me to do it. <laughs> if they're a patron of the library. Yes, good information. Yes. Again, Lori, thanks for coming out today. We really learned a lot. Um, okay. Definitely appreciate your time, especially on a Saturday. And some Thank people you consider so much. It Thank early. you again. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, I'll email you the um, slide deck so you can share that with folks. Okay. If people want that slide deck, feel free to call me at 410-230-2446 or email me at jerry.price1 at maryland.gov. And let me know. Also, and if you uh, could just send out the separate links, you know, uh, for you know, like for the for their site, for the YouTube channel, you know, whatever, you know, those that could be sent separate, even if we don't want the the slide presentation. And uh, as it as it turns out, Maryland Accessible Telephone will be doing the presentation in February. So. Oh, great. Yeah, so we'll get to find out what exactly Maryland Accessible, Accessible Telephone does and what they offer and who can get it. So hope you guys will be able to come out in February 11th and hear that presentation. This has been a presentation of the Maryland State Library Agency. For links to additional resources provided by today's presenter, please visit the show notes. For more information on MSLA or the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled, visit MarylandLibraries.org.